Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Win Today podcast. My name is Ryan Cass, and I am your host. Our mission is to inspire people to win today by connecting with amazing leaders and sharing amazing stories. This is episode number 11 on season two, and this so happens to be the 40th recording of the Win Today podcast since launching in 2021. So 40 episodes, including the Monday long form in addition to the Friday weekly win series. So right before getting ready to upload this one, I noticed that we're at the 40 number. So thank you all. The reason why we're there is because of you all tuning in and providing feedback that this is adding value to multiple lives. But I believe that changing the world starts with influencing just one person. So I'm ecstatic knowing that this is influencing multiple people. It's impacting multiple people in a positive way. And this 40 number is only a small milestone. We're going to see 50, 60, 70, 80, 100. We'll be going into the thousands with this. Mark my words, this is not going anywhere anytime soon. I believe that this is helping make the world a better place or at least influencing people to do better things. So thank you. If there's anything I can do more, better, or less, I want to know. Please provide feedback, both positive and constructive. And if you feel led and want to leave a review on Apple and Spotify, appreciate you. Today's message, if you want something, go and get it. If you want something, go and get it. The premise of this and what we're going to hit on, accomplishing big things, getting after it, and staying the course. I believe that anything can be created in this life. One of my favorite runners, Elliot Kipchoge, who famously broke the sub-two-hour marathon record, said this, I believe that no human is limited. I love this quote because I believe that we often look at folks and are quick to say, well, that person was born with a high IQ or look at the family that that person comes from. He or she has an amazing gene pool. And while some people right off the bat are, I would say, more blessed than others, does not mean that success is only reserved for them. I believe that we as human beings can accomplish anything and everything that we set our minds to, and we are capable of so many things. We are capable of defying the odds. Look at Elliot. Scientists said that it was impossible to break a two-hour marathon. Same thing with Roger Bannister, breaking the four-minute four mile. Anything that you want in this life is within reach. It doesn't matter what you were born into. It doesn't matter whether or not you're naturally gifted at something or naturally an athlete. What matters is that once you identify that thing that you want, that goal that you want, that milestone that you want to achieve, that business you want to start, that thing you want to create, that you are relentless in your pursuit. Here's a quote from Vince Lombardi. Leaders are made, they are not born. They are made by hard effort, which is the price all of us must pay to achieve any goal that's worthwhile. Now, I know I mentioned that leaders are made, not born, but this is anything. Anything that you want to accomplish, you create. So why am I making this episode and what's it all about? I believe that many people dream of big things, yet they stop after hitting a roadblock or two. Think of how many amazing people, businesses, nonprofits, athletes, you name it. Think of how many of them that we do not get the opportunity to learn about because they stop after hitting the first roadblock, the second roadblock. There's so many incredible people out there that I believe possess so many gifts, yet We'll never know about them because they stopped after hitting a roadblock. 
or they failed once or twice. Obstacles scare them. And I believe that this life is far too precious and far too short to question whether or not you're truly utilizing all of your gifts or that you're truly pushing yourself and and making the most of your potential. I don't want that to be you or anyone that I have the opportunity to know. So that's why I'm making this episode and I'm going to share a recent real life example of what that looks like, of what wanting something and going and getting it looks like. What I'm going to do is draw lessons from this experience that may help you in your pursuits. So a recent pursuit of mine that came to an end, a major goal, major milestone that was accomplished was qualifying for the Boston Marathon. This was a five-year pursuit. So right off the bat, lesson is that with these things that you want in life, these big things, these big audacious goals, it's going to take time. They will not always happen the year that you want them to. If you look at my goal sheet, you can see that running a marathon has been on my list since 2017. It is now 2022 and the Boston milestone has been accomplished. So the big things that you want, they might take some extra time, but I can promise you that the pursuit is always, always, always worth it. And you will learn a ton about life. So a little bit of premise for why qualifying for the Boston Marathon is important to me. And also, if you're not a runner, what the Boston Marathon means. So why it's important to me is because one, qualifying for the Boston Marathon or running in the Boston Marathon, it's not just something that you go online, log on, sign up and show up to the marathon on a given date. It's something that you have to qualify for, meaning that as a male or female in your designated age group, you have to run under a certain time in order to be invited to participate in the Boston Marathon. So for me, as a 29-year-old male, the minimum threshold to compete in Boston is running a marathon in under three hours. So that is a sub seven minute mile pace. Uh, the, the max is right about 652. So 652 or less for 26.2 miles. And you can qualify for the Boston Marathon as a 29 year old male. So I love physical challenges because they have so many benefits. I believe that a physical challenge has far more than just physical benefits. I believe there are mental, professional, and emotional benefits that that come from it. Because with these physical challenges, you're putting your body through a lot of pain, a lot of suffering. And all that's going to do is develop those physical muscles make you stronger, but also those mental muscles. Life is in many times not the easiest thing. So I believe it's important to put your body through tough things because all it's going to do is prepare you for the tough things, the tough situations, the tough circumstances that will come later in life. Look at the times that we're living in right now. Looks like we're on the tail end of covid but still, these past two years has been has been pretty difficult for for everyone around the world. And even if we look at the geopolitical tensions that we're seeing right now, Russia, Ukraine, not to make this political, what I'm getting at here is that putting yourself through a physical challenge can help you endure any other challenge that life throws at you. So the Boston Marathon is something that requires the ultimate physical discipline 
over a long period of time. It is the oldest marathon. So that's what attracted me to it. And it's difficult to get into. So I like to push my limits and see what I can do. How hard can I go? And so Boston was the Boston was my pick. It's probably the only time you'll hear me say that. Some of you all know that I'm a New York fan through and through. Go Yankees. But when it comes to the marathons, I believe that Boston wins. So there you go. You heard someone, someone from some Boston fans out there listening heard me say that Boston wins. Record it. For the first four years of pursuing this goal, I failed, whether it be an injury or a big setback. And that's also why this is so special to me. So the first lesson when going after big things, the best things in life don't come easy and they shouldn't come easy or else we'd all have nothing to strive for. Think about something that you're really proud of. What's, what's something that you earned, something that you created and what about it makes you proud? Was it because it was super easy and handed to you? I highly doubt it. It's probably something that you put a ton of time and dedication into, something that pushed you to the brink mentally, physically, emotionally. Those are the best things and some of the best things in this life. So with that, that's why qualifying for the Boston Marathon means so much to me. So I'm going to get into the journey and the process. What does this, what did this actually look like? Because many of y'all are curious, all right, what the heck do you do? Do you have to run 10 miles a day? What, what is the routine? So over the past four years and really over the past 11 plus years now, since I started college, I've been an early riser, especially going to a military college, but even following graduation from the Citadel still maintained the early morning routine for the most part. Not 100% perfect with it, but pretty darn good at it. So especially during a training cycle or when going for something. So what a typical day looks like when attempting to qualify for the Boston Marathon is alarm clock goes off at 4 a.m. or just shortly after that, and you wake up and get after it. So combination of going for runs, swims, weightlifting sessions, body weight workouts, stretching, you name it, the whole gamut. So most mornings, 4 a.m., up and running, literally out in, and it doesn't matter what the weather is, whether it's rain, shine, hot, cold, you'll find me out there. I love getting out in any condition because think about this with life too. We don't get to choose, we don't always get to choose the conditions, but we always get to choose our response. So every morning when you wake up, you choose your response, whether or not you're going to do something or really every day, because I understand that not everyone is a morning person, but every day we don't get to choose the conditions, but we always get to choose the response. So are you going to do something that day to train or to study, to learn, to do whatever it is that you must do to get you closer to, to that goal? So for the last few years, thousands of miles have been ran and well over a thousand hours have been put into to workouts. I have not always been the greatest runner. Matter of fact, looking back to high school to where I am now on the high school wrestling team, I was one of the slower runners to, to start out and then just kept working at it and going and going and going. And even looking back as far as 2017 at some of my running times, at the time, you know, going back to then my max 5k time was just over 19 minutes, which is solid, but that was going all out a hundred percent and having nothing left in me. So now that time is 
like a chill 5k run. So these things just, they take time. They take time. They take years of effort and making small leaps and bounds. So that's the training process. Now getting into the actual competition process, several competitions over the course of the last five years and several setbacks 2017 18 19 i had different injuries that had me limping around for for quite a while both to the knee to the ankle to the achilles i overworked my body for sure and didn't really study the science behind running which set me back i would just run 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 workout 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 didn't focus too much on recovery or proper stretching and that hurt me. So as I was getting faster and felt like I was getting closer and closer to, to the goal, I would fall back each of those three years because I was not doing the little things right. So that actually covers mainly 2017 and 2018. And then in 2019, I will never forget this day, January 23rd, 2019. Just when I was getting really into the groove, I was coming off an injury on the mid to tail end of 2018, starting to really pick up some speed, get very strong. And on this day, I was going out for one of my normal runs. And I just talked to my dad about 10 minutes before, just letting him know that I was going for a run be back in about an hour. This was my normal eight mile route that I would do through Mount Pleasant several times a week. 10 minutes into my run, not even 10 minutes into my run, I'm crossing a crosswalk that I cross darn near every day. And next thing I know, I wake up and I'm in the trauma unit at MUSC in downtown Charleston. I was hit by a SUV going across the road. Don't have much recollection other than right before getting loaded into the ambulance, me being the stumbered person that I am, I did not want to go to the hospital. I figured I'll just walk home. I can stumble my way home. And I remember the medic looking at me saying about it almost looked like he wanted to smack me and he said you just got hit by a freaking car you are getting in this hospital you are getting in this ambulance and you're going to the hospital right now roger that sir next thing i know i wake up both my parents had already come down from charlotte and i had a uh, major concussion hematoma on my left kidney uh, some internal, or sorry, hematoma on just outside my my left hip, and then internal kidney bleeding, strained MCL, and I could barely walk around. But fortunately, no broken bones, nothing like that. Which it's it's crazy how this life works. It's I'm thankful to to be here. And I know that that must mean that the big man upstairs has some work for me to do because there's days where I think about what happened and I wonder how the heck am I still here? So that was the first of what are two major setbacks in this journey. So that put a halt on a lot of distance running in 2019, at least in the early part of the year, which is when I was planning to complete the qualification attempt. So got back in shape towards the mid part of the year and fortunately got back into running, started getting strong again, doing all of the, the right things, taking proper stretching and recovery and replacing shoes, doing all the little things right. And going into 2020, fast forward into 2020, this is April now, and I'm off to Wilmington, North Carolina to compete in the Wilmington Marathon, feeling ready to go, 
leading up to it. And then the Monday of the race, while I was playing in a softball game, I pulled my hamstring and figured, all right, this is not good. So from Monday to about Thursday that week, I'm limping around and it's, it's pretty tough to walk. But in my head, all I can think about is this four-year journey at the time and how bad I want this goal. So you know what? I'm going to go to Wilmington anyways. The adrenaline will make the pain subside and we're going to get this thing done. I remember the day before driving up to Wilmington, I'd gone on a little shakeout run and just holding an 820 pace was was a pain and I was still dead set that hey we're gonna go and get this thing done I believe in myself we've been working hard let's freaking go so get up to Wilmington and on competition day sure enough get out there feeling pretty good through the first eight miles and then because I was all wrapped up and everything and then That's where the pain started coming and figured, hey, suck it up, dude. Keep going. The pain, the pain's always going to be there, especially when you're going for 26.2 miles. It will, it will find you. So mile 16 comes around and I realized that my, my hand had gone completely numb and I figured, all right, 10 more miles, suck it up. I can't reach into my gel pack anymore to get any more nutrition, but it doesn't matter. It's only 10 more miles. You can, you can suck it up for another hour and five minutes or so. So keep going, hit mile 20. And at this point, this is where I hit the first big wall, which you will hit a wall when you're doing something like this. But this wall was real bad. It's like my body, I was literally starting to feel like I was falling asleep. And what my body was saying is, hey, dude, you probably shouldn't be running with a pulled hamstring. I was telling you this on mile 16, but you keep ignoring me. So maybe you'll listen now. But F that, I'm going to keep going. Get to mile 24. And at this point, I'm literally stumbling and falling down like a baby giraffe and ran into a parked car. I remember that. And thank God that There was a medic right there by mile 24. I feel someone pull my right arm and rip me off the rip me off the road. And they this this medic said, You're done. You're not, you're not running anymore. And me, I'm pretty stubborn. And if I want something, like I said, the the this episode is named If You Want Something, Go Get It. That's what's running through my mind when I'm going through going for any goal, but especially when I'm in the moment. So I'm telling this medic, let me go, let me go. I got two miles. I'll finish it out. I'll just, I'll start sprinting. I'll be fine. No problem. And I attempt to get up and fall right back down, right on my ass. So she says, you're staying right here. She starts hooking me up to an IV and she's telling me what some of my readings are. And so that's where I had one of my oh shit moments. All right. I should probably listen. So I shut up and call my best friend Leonard, who's there at the race with me. Let him know, Hey, I'm two miles away. I'm not going to be finishing. I need you to come over and follow me in the ambulance to, to the hospital. Meanwhile, I'm still slightly convinced that I can be let go from the IV and go get these two miles out. Cause all I can think about is Boston, Boston, Boston. I'm ready to go. So one thing that was really cool after qualifying on this most recent go around, which I'll, which I'll get to, I made a post on social media, just sharing the process and highlighting exactly what I'm talking about, how this race put me in the hospital after 24 miles last year, this woman commented on my on my post and said, no idea if you remember me, but my 11 year old son held your Ivy at the race last year. All you talked about was qualifying for Boston, even as they were loading you onto the stretcher. We are in total awe of your perseverance. Congrats. And what's cool here is that 
even in the midst of getting loaded into a stretcher, which I don't really remember, I was talking about Boston. So, so I think it just speaks to fall in love with the process and with the goal itself. At this point, I was willing to do anything and everything and make any sacrifice to go to go and and get it done. And I believe that looking back at other goals, that that's what it that's what it takes. I'm not saying it takes going to a hospital, but it takes being so committed to that goal, so in love with that goal, with that thing that you're willing to go to great lengths to to get it done. So this brings me to the second lesson. Embrace the roadblocks because they're really just learning blocks. So getting hit by the car, ending up in the hospital after mile 24, having been on pace for the first 20 miles, all of the injuries from 2017, 20, 2018, not even really being super fast yet, in 2017, all of that stuff, all of that stuff, embrace those roadblocks because those are things today that have served as the greatest learning blocks. I believe that failure equals opportunity. I've actually got, I purchased one of the pictures from the 2020 Wilmington Marathon. It was captured at mile, I believe mile 12. And I purchased that picture and I put it up on my goal board shortly after the race and put a sticky note on it and said, and it says, you don't always succeed on the first attempt. Failure equals opportunity road to Boston dot, dot, dot. And I still have it up on the board today. It's something that, that I look at just as a reminder about the journey, but also something that I look at whenever I was updating how many miles I'd ran on the goal board. I keep, I keep track of all of that along with how many miles I've ran in certain shoes just to prevent injury, something that I've learned. So a roadblock that turned into a learning block, but that photo serves as a reminder of the best things don't always come easy. So going back to lesson one, and they shouldn't be easy or else we would have nothing to strive for. There would be no major accomplishments if everything was easy. So with that, let's fast forward to the actual race. Fast forwarding to... January, excuse me, February 26th, 2022. So I've walked you through why Boston was important, why I chose Boston, why I persisted through all these injuries and roadblocks. So now let's walk through the actual race day because this is pretty awesome. And I've been telling y'all that I'm going to detail what everything look like because there's a lot of life lessons just in this one day as well. So the night before, the day before, I actually drove up to Wilmington and got situated and I drove the entire course the day before so I could visualize everything, every mile, every turn. So from 2021 to 2020, they modified the course. The starting point was actually at Wrightsville Pier, right at the beach. And it ran to downtown. So same finishing point as 2020. And after you hit the half marathon point, you were basically on the same course as 2020. But the first half marathon was completely different. It had some hills in there. And there's obviously not many hills here in the low country in Charleston, South Carolina. So that was something that I wanted to go and see for myself and drive every mile of the course. So I know I'm visualizing every turn, how I'm going to take every turn, where I'm going to take my gels, how much nutrition I'm going to load up on during the race and at which mile do, you know, how much gel should I take at what, at what mile. So I'm literally thinking through every little thing and then For the second half of the marathon, the miles 15 through 23 are on this four-mile loop through a park. So you go four miles in and then four miles out, which mentally is one of the 
most challenging things because you're covering ground that you know you're going to run back on shortly after where you're going to be more tired. In addition to that, you're covering ground where, you know, at some point the front runners are going to be going back out towards the finish as you're still going in. So it's, it's a little demoralizing. I remember being on mile 18 and the leader was coming back out for 19 and a half going into 20. So the leader was cruising, I believe finished at 236, something like that. But either way, seeing that just makes you think, damn, I'm a little slow and I'm running fast. <laughs> so again, opportunity to continue getting better for, for the future. The lesson here is that if you want something big, think through all the details. I mentioned that every turn I knew exactly what I was going to do. I would, I drove the car to certain points and got out of the car just so I could run a little mini lap on that specific turn or set of turns. So my body could feel exactly how every turn felt. So I could feel how the little portions of hill, how my body would respond to it. Every little piece of the race had already been ran in my head before actually getting on the start line on the 26th. And I believe this is important when it comes to anything big that you are chasing, that big thing that you want, that big something that you want and you're going to get. What are the details? Think about the details. Think about every little detail. What are the certain things that you need to, to do? Certain conversations. How is everything going to unfold? All of these details are super important because I believe that all of these amazing things that we think about, it's super important that these events are able to occur in our head because ultimately what we imagine, we create. So the night before I had a awesome dinner loaded up on tons of carbs, more so than I thought I needed, but that was another learning moment, learning block from the previous year. Probably wasn't as loaded up as I should have been. So this year I bought actually two entrees and these women at the bar were looking at me kind of funny, like, are you really going to eat all that? And I look at them, it's like, I'm just going to run a few miles tomorrow. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to eat all of this. So two entrees, and that's definitely what I'll be doing moving forward. So have a great meal, feel ready to go. And the night before, actually a few days before this event, I started doing something a little bit differently. Every day I spent time writing on a piece of paper three times. I qualified for the Boston Marathon on February 26th. I qualified for the Boston Marathon on February 26th. I would write that out three times. And so I wrote that out before going to bed that night, just like I'd been doing all week. Because what that does is it implants in your subconscious mind that that thing already happened. One thing that's really cool about the brain is that it's not able to distinguish between what is real and what's imaginary. So there are a lot of people that will follow this exact practice that I just mentioned. And I first heard of this from my friend, Doug Bennett, over in the United Kingdom. Doug was on the podcast last year. He is the author of a book, Goals Do Come True, and also host of the Goals Do Come True podcast. He was the first international guest. One thing that he wrote out on his goals every day, he would write, I have a, a million dollars. I have run the London Marathon. I have built a million dollar company, multi-million dollar company. And he would write these things out every single day. And everything I just mentioned, Doug has in his life today. And he attributes a lot of that to this simple practice. So I wrote out, I qualified for the Boston Marathon February 26th. And I'm looking at, I'm looking at that notebook right now, actually. The morning of the marathon, I wrote, I qualified for the Boston Marathon today. And I wrote that out three times. And 
One, just in case history repeated itself and God forbid, I mean, this sounds terrible. God forbid I ended up in another hospital room or the worst of the worst happened and people had to go get my belongings in a hotel room. They would know, Hey, at least this guy believed in himself and he was confident and was on a mission. So that could have been my last piece of inspiration that I left this world with. But the reality was I did it because, Hey, I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it done today. And I'm going to put it in my mind one last time. And my mind is going to believe that, hey, we got this job. We got the job done today. But that morning, that morning could not have gone any worse, in my opinion, as far as my mentality goes. So usually a race day morning, a race day night, I'm, I'm definitely anxious, but I can sleep pretty well for the most part. And that night, middle of the night, I was tossing and turning and sweating and woke up and the night before, just a few hours before I had gone pee right before bed, everything was clear and I was feeling great. And then a few hours later, I'm drenched in sweat and, you know, I might go pee and and it's yellow and I'm thinking, oh no, here we go again. Like this is 2020 nightmares coming back to, to haunt me. I start chugging water, my mouth, I'm getting cotton mouth. It just feels weird. So those, those mental demons are, are starting to creep in and I'm really starting to wonder, all right, what's going to happen here? <laughs> so on top of that, I don't really get nervous before a big race because I'm so amped up and, and these races have already, have already happened in my head. I've already qualified in Boston in my head. I've already written it down. I've already ran the race in my mind. I've got the picture of me at the finish line in my head. I've had this picture in my head for five years. All of a sudden I'm eating my breakfast and just normal as can be. And I feel like I'm about to throw up and I, don't ever nervously throw up. I've never nervously thrown up about any over anything. And I'm feeling myself gagging and I'm looking at the toilet thinking, Oh, here we go. Like, please don't. And closing my eyes, taking deep breaths. And honestly, I felt like Eminem in eight mile, but really where he sings, lose yourself. And I'm thinking, I'm thinking like Eminem, like palms are sweaty. Knees weak, arms are heavy, vomit on a sweater already. Mom spaghetti. So, I'm not going to sing the whole song, but that's how I felt. I'm like, here we go, man. So nervous as can be or that I'm about to throw up and lose a lot of key nutrients, but figure, hey, let's go. Let's go get this job done. And I get to the race and the mental games continue. I'm doing my warm up, going through my normal paces running a few a few meters at marathon pace and it's it's just it's not feeling right it's feeling a lot faster than it needs to be and or i feel i was feeling like i had to put forth a lot more effort to be at that marathon pace than what i originally intended it to be in my mind so i closed my eyes and put that picture in my head that hey we're going to get this job done and I'd been thinking all week about going back to my wrestling days and just getting ready for, for a tough physical battle. And this quote from Muhammad Ali, I love this quote. It's, it was in my head all week and it goes, and it goes like this. The fight is won or lost far away from the witnesses behind the lines in the gym and out there on the road long before I dance under those lights. So when the lights come on, here's another lesson. When the lights come on, know that you're ready to go. So I knew, hey, all of this time over these last five years, this is what I was telling myself, Ryan, over these last five years, you know, you've, you've busted your ass. You've come back time and time again after setback X, Y, and Z, after getting hit by the car, after being at this race. 10 months ago and ending up in the ER after 24 miles, you're going to be fine. The, this is, this is your time. You're ready to roll. 
let's freaking go. So the race starts and I'm being very conservative in the right off the bat, just hanging around with the hour and 30 minute half marathon group. I was keeping close with them because they were actually running about about a 647 pace. So right about where I needed to be 647 to 650. So I figure, Hey, I will, I'll hang with these guys and catch my stride. Don't need to be cute, do anything fancy here. Just, just keep rolling and trust the plan, trust the process. And you've already ran this race in your head. So everything that I had done the day before driving the course, I knew where every hill was going to be and where I could be aggressive, where I could, where I needed to hold back and even where I could give a little bit of time away to the bank and, and not have to worry about it. So there was a few miles where I could give some seconds away and know that, that I'll come back. So the first half marathon, I knew that was going to be the biggest test. I had texted my dad the night before saying the first, the first 10 K is going to be a big determining factor as to, as to what happens with this race, because lots of hills. And that's something that I'm not used to other than running up and down the, the Ravenel bridge here in Charleston. There's not many opportunities to train for hills, but still trusted in all of the leg workouts, all of the heavy sled pushes, all of the swims, everything. So knew it was going to work out at mile 12. That's where the race broke off from the half marathon. So we had gone from the beach all the way uphill to the freeway. And now we are in downtown Wilmington and I'm on the same exact course as 2020. So here we go. I look over to my left and right and sure enough, my parents are right there in the middle of the road. They had come up the night before to surprise me. And at that point, what I didn't know actually is that they'd been following me the whole race. They said that they were so close to me at the start line. My dad sent me a picture after he was so close to me on the start line that he literally could have touched my nose. And for those of y'all that, that know me or have seen me running, I'm very, very laser focused. You could be standing right next to me and yelling and I'm probably not going to look your way. I probably can't even hear you just because I'm, I'm dialed in. So uh, for those that that do honk or yell, I appreciate it. Keep it up. I'm not ignoring you. I promise. It's just it, you've got to know me and that I can get in these laser focus modes. So I had no clue that my parents were following me. They said they were jumping out of the car at miles two, four, six, and eight. And I was just looking straight ahead, straight as an arrow. So mile 12, they made sure that I could see them and it gave me a, it gave me a good jolt. And I actually, I started tearing up a little bit. And at that point, at that point, I knew that qualifying was a surefire thing. Not that I didn't know it before, but at that point I actually told myself like you're fucking qualifying. And, and yes, that's, that's exactly what I said. I was like, you're fucking qualifying. Let's go from there. The back half miles, I, I started getting a little emotional just because I knew that, Hey, this is going to happen. It's just a matter of time. And now I'm going to have, now I'm going to have my parents there to celebrate with me. This, this means the world to me already, but the fact that they're going to be there means even more. So go and, and get it done, get it done, baby. So the park loop, uh, this is where the race goes from downtown into this park. I mentioned earlier, the miles 15 through 23, you are retracing your steps. So you go 15 to 19 and then you come back in 19 to 23. You're all in this park. And that was the biggest mental challenge. This is last year where I fell apart in the 2021 race. So that's where I started to feel a little woozy. That's where I couldn't reach into my gel pack anymore. And I knew something was wrong, but just kept ignoring my just kept ignoring my body. So miles 22 and 23, this is where the demons found me. The demons found me on miles 22 and 23. So this is the fifth lesson in the, in the pursuit. So when you're on your pursuit, whether it's a physical challenge, whether it's something at work, anything, know this. And David Goggins says this, 
Your demons will always find you. Your demons will always find you. There's no avoiding them. Be ready for them. And, and I say this, give them something that they can't handle. So when you're going for something big, there's always going to be that voice on your shoulder that says, oh, you're good. You're good, man. You've already given it enough. You don't need to run. You don't need to run these next, these next couple of miles at this pace. Like you, you've worked hard. Maybe this isn't your year. You could come in at just over three hours and, and run this thing, run these next few miles real easy. Or those demons in the business world might be, you know, you don't need to make those next two phone calls. You can, we can, we can do that. We can do that later. Well, you go make 10 phone calls. Those demons are going to go away and you pick up the pace. Those demons are going to go away. So you got to give them something they can't handle and show them, Hey, you can't hurt me and I'm coming for you. So at this point, this is where I was digging very deep into my cookie jar. I've talked about the cookie jar a lot on previous episodes. This is a concept from David Goggins in his book, Can't Hurt Me. And when, I, when I'm running, when I really get into it, I can sometimes just start yelling uh, obscenities and things to, to keep me going. So I remember distinctly on mile 23, because this is where I hit that, that wall. And this is last year, just before I was about to, to pass out. So mile 23 this year, I wasn't about to let that happen and started yelling out things like, let's fucking go. You don't fucking know me. Like just pounding my chest. I mean, freaking pounding my chest. That's where I, I remember this little, this little girl, poor, poor, poor little girl. I, I, I don't feel bad about this, but it was because she wasn't super little, but she's like eight or nine there. They had these, these little girls that were volunteering, passing out water. And here comes me, this, whatever you want to call me, I guess, just man on a mission rolling through here, yelling, like, you don't fucking know me. Like, here we go. So that got me back on the horse and mile 24, the same mile that I passed out in last year and ended up getting my ambulance ride. Mile 24 was my best mile. It was my best mile and fastest mile that laid into the game. So I knew at that point, all right, we got this in the bag. We're ready to go. So the picture that y'all are going to see on the Instagram post that goes with, with this episode. So I always post the Instagram picture with, you've got my, just the standard picture I use on the left, which is going to change by the way, got to get rid of that suit and tie. But anyway, on the right hand side is a picture usually of the guest, but this picture is special to me. The one that I'm, that I'm posting with it because it's, it's right before I cross the finish line and you can see I'm basically yelling like a big, like, whoo, you know, and I'm, and I'm shouting and this exact picture has been in my mind for, for five years now, that picture I could have painted for you five years ago. And it's a, it's a reality. And it was so cool because what I didn't have in that picture was my parents across the, on the other side of the finish line. I've actually never had a family member at any of the ultra marathons or marathons. And so the fact that they were there and they got to be a part of, of that picture that had, has been in, residing in my mind for so long uh, just meant the world to me. And the last lesson I'm going to leave you with here is what you imagine you create. So the question is, what pictures are you creating in your head right now? Because I can tell you, if I were to show you my goal board and my vision board right now, everything that is on there, especially on the vision board, everything already has a picture in my head. Everything has already occurred in my mind. So therefore, I know that it's only a matter of time before I have these things in real life. So when it comes to speaking on a big stage and when it comes to having 
multiple cash flowing properties. When it comes to having a tightly connected family, I could list everything on the on the board right now, but all of those things have already occurred in my mind, just like this race in this exact picture happened in my mind. Therefore, I know that everything on that board, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. And that's what I challenge all of you to do is think about, think about what you're thinking about. What are you imagining right now? Because what you imagine is what you create. And what pictures are you creating in your head? What pictures are you creating in your mind? If I can do something like this, creating this picture in my head and making it a reality, as a, just by simply writing some things down and taking action and knowing that roadblocks really only serve as learning blocks, so can you. We can create anything that we want in this life when it's backed by intention, hard work, having the right people in your corner, having the right thoughts, creating the right pictures in your mind. So it's my wish that this gives you ammo to conquer your current pursuit or your future pursuits, because no matter what, you will face obstacles that are only going to give you even more opportunities to learn. So embrace them. Know that the best things in life don't come easy. They shouldn't come easily or else we'd have nothing to strive for. When the lights come on, know and trust that you are ready. Your demons will always find you, but be ready for them and give them something they can't handle. I'm super pumped now and I would love to hear back. I would love to hear from you all. Thanks so much for tuning in. Win today. Let's go.